What are some of the top cybercrime trends? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Robert Richardson, the Director of the Computer Security Institute. Robert, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me. Absolutely my pleasure. Robert, for people who aren't familiar with your CSI, which is the first CSI, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work, please? Sure enough. Uh, well, CSI, the Computer Security Institute, uh, is a member organization. Uh, our members are security professionals in uh, various walks of life, uh, both in uh, corporate enterprises and in government uh, and the nonprofit sector as well. Uh, we've been around for 35 years, and, and what we do is provide security professionals with context uh, for strategic decisions. So uh, lots of security news out there, but um, you know, just having the news, if, if you're charged with running a security program, isn't, isn't usually enough. You need, you need to understand how it fits in. So, you know, there may have been Google attacks, but what does that mean for you as someone trying to protect a large organization? Well, that's great context. I mean, I talked up front about cybercrime trends. What concerns you the most so far this year when you put it into context? Sure. Well, so we've, so our context is, uh, in part based on uh, a survey that we've done for the last 15 years, which is uh, the longest-running uh, survey on cybercrime statistics. And, uh, you know, one thing you learn from doing it for that many years is that a lot of the top problems remain top problems. So, you know, the, the most common occurrence in organizations today is malware attacks of one kind or another. Uh, and, and a lot of that kind of news stays the same. But uh, one thing that does seem to be undeniably true is that the, the sort of forces behind some of these attacks are getting increasingly organized. Uh, and, and, you know, Google is kind of the poster child for that, or the attacks on Google. But we're seeing that in lots of other situations as well, that, that whether it's organized crime or it's a government actor, uh, there are fewer loners out there nowadays. Robert, a couple of times you've mentioned the Google case, so I want to ask you, what ramifications do you see coming from that? Well, I think some of the ramifications are ones that we've tried to, to press home for a while now, which is that uh, you have to be constantly mindful of uh, the vulnerabilities that you have, especially if you're running older software, and I, and I say older software simply because the, the particular uh, sort of mainspring of this attack, there were a lot of different elements to it, but, uh, but a, a, an important part of it was um, a so-called zero-day attack on the um, Internet Explorer browser version 6, and of course by now we're up a couple of versions ahead of that, uh, and, and you know, just generally speaking, you're, you're going to avoid some of the vulnerabilities by not being on those older platforms. Uh, so, so that's kind of the mundane, you know, we told you so uh, ramification. But I, uh, additionally, uh, I, I think it's clear that, uh, you know, again, this was, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, who in China or wherever orchestrated it, that it was orchestrated, that it was, uh, you know, a multi-part attack, that there there was apparently a little bit of a trial run of some of the attack mechanisms, uh, you know, several weeks prior, uh, and that lots of different kinds of corporations were used 
at various phases in this attack. So uh, the, just the, the sense that people are out there kind of randomly scanning, checking checking locks to see what's open and they'll steal your radio, that sort of crime, you know, that's still out there. But it's But it's shifting so that if you're a big enough organization that you're a target or if you're a government entity, uh, you've also got to be watching for things that are not just kind of crimes of opportunity. One of the things that we've seen in the last year is an uptick in online crimes against small to mid-sized businesses through ACH fraud. In your work, what types of organizations do you see being especially vulnerable now? Well, I think it depends a little bit what what you mean when you say vulnerable. I, I think, uh, I mean, there's kind of there's vulnerable and then there's likelihood to be a target. And and I think uh, likelihood to be a target, that is to say, you know, who's, who is out to get you in a, in a concentrated, focused way, that I think is largely, uh, you know, the, the thrust of that appears to be large corporations and governments. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there's there's lots of crime out there. There's plenty to go around. And I think smaller organizations are more vulnerable in large large measure because uh, you know we know that the platforms that a lot of the business is done on that is to say Windows and you know the various mainstream browsers have vulnerabilities and so as you start to conduct more and more of your business that way uh, you know you are vulnerable and you may have fewer resources to dedicate and statistically we know that organizations don't you know they very often don't dedicate much of their IT resource to the problem of security. Robert, I want to take you in another direction and talk about Web 2.0 technologies. Everyone these days is mobile and social. What are the security implications of their activities with these technologies? Well, I, you know, there's there's a social dimension, as you mentioned, um, the, the sort of rising tide of people using things like Twitter uh, and the greater uh, propensity for them to be tricked into giving away information that, that can be used to, to attack them. There's also a technical dimension that I think is important when you're thinking about Web 2.0. And Web 2.0, as a name, gets used in both ways, right? It gets used in terms of social dimension. Every, everybody's on Facebook. But the, in my mind, there's also a technical dimension which has to do with moving applications into the cloud and with uh, on the sort of delivery end of it with with having multiple components uh, you know as they say mashed up in browsers and there are technical issues that i mean the social issues don't go away those are things that have to be dealt with but you're going to have a hard time fixing them if there are underlying technical problems that make that make you know real security difficult or impossible and I think you know taking those two elements separately, cloud apps and and browser interfaces uh, in the cloud part of the world, you know I think the best you can say is that security is kind of a question mark. Um, there's not a big track record there, and we certainly know that when you know when our colleagues in the sort of penetration testing part of the business turn their sights on something like the Google App Engine, they do find things, uh, and we did a. We, we hosted a presentation a while back where you know we had demonstrations of some of these things that they're real uh, and, and you know to be fair the, 
the cloud providers are really, um, you know, they're really working hard to, to get it right, and they are making progress. Um, on the browser side, I would say things are not a question mark, and, and the answer is not good. Uh, th there's a sort of fundamental problem in the trust model of browsers that has to do with keying it to the domain that, that the various pieces come from. And so far, nobody's come up with a real good solution for that. And that's that's a big opening uh, that as soon as people start mixing components together, there are all sorts of attacks that are made possible. It's, it's a really long answer, but it's, it's a complicated uh, you know, area. And, and I think people are aware of social implications, but there are also some big technical issues lurking there. When you look at different organizations, Robert, where do you see some that are doing some smart things to address some of these threats and vulnerabilities you've outlined? Well, I think I think uh, banking and and the financial industries, uh, the financial industry in general, was uh, a little slow to wake up uh, in previous years, and took some sort of real beatings in the industry uh, press uh, over it, but. Frankly, I think it's time to start sort of patting them on the back a little and saying, you know, actually they, they really have, while still trying to deliver services that, that consumers could understand and use easily, have tried to sort of tighten up their operations and, and with some success. I can't, can't say the same for the medical profession yet. Still a lot of work to be done there. How about the U.S. government? Well, the you know, if you're talking about the civilian side of things, um, I, I, I simply, I think the best you can say is that the government appears to have suddenly, you know, smelled the coffee and realized that they needed to do something definitive. Uh, the, the best that they have done, sort of prior to the to the Obama administration, is uh, administer a sort of self-testing regime and 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 give themselves failing grades for the most part. Uh, year over year, uh, now I think there is a, there is more commitment to having a sort of a, a process that actually leads to improvement rather than consistent failing grades. Whether that achieves its goal, I think it's it's pretty early to tell. Robert, one last question for you: Given the types of threats that we've discussed, what can organizations be doing right now to further minimize their risks? Well, I think I think the security profession knows a lot about certain baseline uh, security elements, uh, kind of traditional things like thinking about network perimeters and and establishing controlled gateways with with firewalls and and the like. And this is all kind of humdrum stuff in the security industry. But you know, any company that hasn't got that stuff under control, and there are plenty of them needs to do that right away and the, and some of the government agencies fall into line with this as well you know they need to get these fundamentals right uh, beyond that uh, particularly at organizations that develop their own in-house applications one, one area where there's an enormous opportunity for improvement and where there has been a sort of long time um, lack of interest is in the area of uh, really focusing on creating secure applications. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, most of these, uh, mo most of the attacks that we see, in some way or the other, they're taking advantage of something that was done wrong in the software. And and 
you know, there's lots of software that you buy and you use and you don't have a lot of control over whether it's got sort of ill thought through approaches to security. But when you're writing your own, you have some options. Uh, I think that's a really, it's hard to do, but it's a really key area. Robert, great advice. I appreciate your time and your insights today. It's been a pleasure. We've been talking with Robert Richardson, the director of CSI. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.